Welcome to the Books, Beards, Booze podcast, where we talk books, drink booze, and have beards. All right. As always, I am Bob of Tells by Bob. I'm the ass of the podcast, Derek. I am hungry, hungry intern Tanya. How are you hungry? You've eaten I'm always chips. Hungry. You've been M&Ms. eating since I've been here. You I'm had a hungry. you had a Oreo, which looked fudge pop thing. It was real good. Ooh, it looked, looked amazing. amazing. It was a whole bunch of shit I can't have. I know. It's low carb. I know. I'm supposed life. to be doing better, but I had a bag of snacks. But snacks. now I need real food because that was all snack food. Yeah. I need food food. I had the uh, low carb equivalent of a snack in that my breakfast was some Kelly sausage. I have made it known at work that I'm trying to start cook more and my coworker Michelle has started giving me like her quick like 15 20 minute dinner pre- recipes recipes crockpot oh it's been amazing well she that's one of the things but she also gave me a recipe for a pot a chicken pot pie that I'm extremely excited to yeah. try because I've not had pot pie in years except I, am, I had one a couple of months ago and it was amazing I'm uh I'm real picky on chicken pot pies kind of mm-hmm. deal uh my Stepmom makes the only one that I've ever really liked. Because a lot of people put a bunch of, like, they'll make a chicken pot pie and put a lot of stuff in there that I don't like. Wait, like peas. make a chicken pot pie? Yeah. I popped that shit out of the Marie Callender's box. Well, I mean, well, this no, is... my mom, my mom would make my, my yeah. like, she would make it from scratch. scratch. Yeah, my mom used to do that too. And I assume she still would if I asked her nicely. Um, but I don't know. She probably wouldn't eat it now, though. She, like, she hardcore avoids bread. And yeah. it's got that, like, crusty, flaky topping. amazing, yeah. So, but anyways, um, yep. So, anyway, so first off, uh, we have a we have a theme for this episode. I want to address an issue before Mm. before we dive in. Uh, Me and uh, Trizzle over there talked about it briefly Mm -hmm. before you got here. Derek, are you familiar with uh, Marie Kondo? Is that her name, Marie Kondo? I guess that's something. Her last name is definitely Kondo. Well, it makes sense. She's from Japan, so it why would Marie. you know anything about her? Um, she's not from Japan. Probably... She's from Korea, I think. No, I think she's Japanese. Can we get to the point? Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So Marie Kondo, for she came out with a book about how to minimalize your life. And Amazon has made it into oh, no. a, yeah. a show. I know who this is. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Because the... I'm pretty sure I saw a meme about it. On uh, <laughs> on Facebook that I shared that you guys would know if you didn't uh, s- unfollow everyone because you're yeah. a narcissist. Yes. No. Um, I I had so, to unfollow people because I was spending too much time. On for the same reason I unfollowed everyone. It's not that we don't care about people. It's self- that we just, spend. I too I don't much have time. any self control, Derek. Did Figure you not just see me eat a Figure whole bag of fucking snacks? Figure I have out. no self control. Figured out. Figured out. Figured out. Um, but I think I know who you're talking about because one of my professors posted up a thing where it was like a picture of, I think this person saying like, you should never have more than 30 yes. books. That's exactly what yes. we're talking about. And then yes. it had the, the meme of the guy holding his hand up. It was like, I don't need that kind of negativity yes. in my life. All right. All right. So that's what I want to address. The, yeah. the book world collectively has shit itself to death <laughs> in rage over this. And it's for the wrong reason. First off. People are misquoting her. All right, so uh, here's how Marie Kondo works. And it, th- there's a there's a name for her methodology. It's like Kondo Mar or something like that. I, I forget exactly what it's called. But she encourages you to go through your house and pick basically a thing up and pick a thing you, up yeah. and ask, does this actively give me joy? 
And if it doesn't, Toss you it. should you should get, you should rid, get of rid of it. it. Yeah. And so what she said is for her, she typically only has thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got rid of because she and she talked at length about her process, like. When she started this whole thing, she got down to like a hundred bucks. And then she's like, well, like really like how many, like basically what she settled on is she gets more joy from giving that book to someone to read than having it just sit on her shelf. Which is kind of the reason I wouldn't move to a Kindle. Right. So she, she has 30 books at a time. Like it's like she, she has a few books that are her like. I just cannot get rid of this book. This book brings me too much joy. I reread it all the time, yada, yada, yada. And then she's got some books on there, like, I'm going to read. But, like, when she's done reading it, if she's like, I'm not going to reread this, she gives it away. That's well, yeah. you know? I, I get and that. And so yeah. that, but what what the book internet heard was, you can only have 30 books. And everyone freaked the fuck out. God, everyone freaked the fuck out. And so you're trying to say that something happened on the internet and everyone took it way left field yes. and got whipped up to a forever guy oh, yeah. for no and, reason? And, yeah. Which is hilarious because you're now being hyperbolic by saying everyone. Well, it's like, okay, the small amount of people you saw on the internet well, said that. It was enough people have got whipped into a frenzy over this that a couple people came out with articles saying, yeah. hey, everyone. Chill. Like, it, it cropped up on Reddit a lot. Like, a bunch of people were, like, on Reddit doing angry stuff. Like, oh, my God, Marie Kondo said, get rid of all but 30 of your books. I'll never, oh, over my dead body. Yeah. And so. Same like, thing in, like, Bookblur and, because I follow on Tumblr, like, book tags and yeah. same thing on Instagram. Like, and so a, a lot of them were, like, a significant portion of the internet books over of the my vocal portion of the internet freaked out. A significant portion of the vocal part of the internet book the lovers. Vocal freaked, the vocal minority freaked out. It As got they do. it got bad enough that people had to come out like and make articles like, well look guys, like you're freaking out over nothing. Here's what she actually said. First off, first off, if you don't want to live a minimalist lifestyle, don't do it. Don't, do it. don't yeah. listen to Marie Kondo. Like yeah. I think uh, she has some points. I mean there's um, I'm not gonna do things because of she because it's the fad, but it's like I need to go through my closet. I have a lot of clothes in there that I don't yeah. wear I'm too fat to wear. I wouldn't wear it even if I could fit into it anyway. I'm not. I'm not going to go capsule wardrobe like you. Yeah, but which is I, funny I that we're talking about that because Bob is literally wearing clothes right now that have more holes in them. Yeah, than well, I'm, they're they're cloth. around the house jammies. I'm doing laundry right now, is why. Yeah, but you also so. don't wear underwear, so it makes me a little uncomfortable. Well, it's the holes aren't holes aren't that high. Well, they kind of were when you were standing over there talking to me earlier. Well, you know, it happens. <laughs> It happens. Um, anyway. When you so, go into a dude's house, if you don't see dick slinging, it's his own house. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I Just basically, like, look, if you're listening <laughs> to this. toxic masculinity. And, uh, hyper. Hyper. No, that's the just, words that's you just use. Toxic. The words that's you toxic. use matter, Derek. Good point. Good point. Um, but no, so, like, look, if you are part of, if you hear this and you are part mm-hmm. of the people that are freaking the fuck out because Marie Kondo said. Just don't do it. Don't. Said that she herself keeps 30 bucks maybe look into what she actually said because she actually said like look if having all those books on you like her whole method is does this bring me joy does having 400 books bring you joy keep 400 400 bucks that's the whole fucking point of her ideology is like if it brings you joy fucking keep it anyway i just had to get on my little my little high horse there for a moment are you 
You I'm, cannot do I'm that and trying, not sneeze. I'm trying not to sneeze. Just sneeze. Just I don't sneeze. want to. Now we're all everyone. We're all going to sit here and watch her till wow, she sneezes. No. What a fucking cop. I was also trying to like move my face, and I was like, oh no, they're still going to hear it on the podcast. And I was trying not to like let my sneeze happen, but now my eyes are all watered. Yeah, you should just sneeze. Should have just sneezed. You wow. know, you're not supposed to hold your sneezes in. Like, try to not expel them because you can have a brain aneurysm. You know, like how people sneeze and then and try hold, to like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of like hold it in, like you just did. Yeah, that wasn't an actual sneeze. I was just me making the noise. My mom, when she sneezes, she sounds like a duck because she tries to hold it in. But it could give you a brain aneurysm. Just let it out. Let your let your snot fly. Or hmm. dab, destroy all bacteria oh and sneeze God. into your. Can we can can we get to like the point of the episode? All right. Or do what so... I do and just sneeze down into your shirt. Just cover your chest. Oh. And... Are you just trying? Stop. All right, we're done. We're done with this <laughs> conversation. We're done with this all, of this. all right, so. So here's our theme for the episode. Wash your hands. We that's not the theme. That's not. That's, <laughs> that's not the, the theme. theme of life. Wash it your should, hands. It should be the theme, but it's not. So what we settled on talking about was. Let me open up my notes. Go, like, think back to all the books you've read. What are the moments that left the most emotional impact upon you? And it doesn't necessarily, like, it was sad or it was incredibly happy. Like, it can be whatever. Like, whatever sort of emotion it imparted upon you. Left that, you an emotional hangover? Yeah. Like, okay. you just, like, oh, wow. Man. I got feels after that. Beep, so, um, I know Derek cute. has a ton. I have a few. Tanya has a few. Yeah. So, we'll just start talking and we'll see where 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 we go. Um. How about you start us off? Yeah, let's start Tanya. with Tanya because yeah. uh, for all those who don't know, I'm a robot. Beep, beep, right. boop. Tanya's well, not a real person. Um, she's a robot. Yeah, robot. All right. So first off, before we before we dive into this, I have to say this: I could have included so many moments, but I decided I drew a line in the sand, and on one side of the sand is me, and on the other sand is any time. A dog died. That's fair. Dog, like, look, you kill a dog, like, we're talking Red Fern Grove, where the Red Fern grows, Old Yeller, Sounder, any of that shit, like, the dog dies, I'm out. You know, I just can't, I can't handle it. So those moments... Can't even. They don't count. Dog, like, animal death, those are removed from my list. Those I'm are not cheap. A rope. Those are cheap. They're like the jump scares of emotional stories um, they're not i cheap. will disagree on principle i understand why you but one of mine is a assassin's dying. apprentice yeah. but it's not a dog okay. continue all right um so i'll i'll start with um i guess qualifying the fact that i when i finish a book i tend to just kind of forget it um like i don't have a real good memory i mean i don't really have a good memory so a lot of what I chose was things you things, read recently. Th- well, not just things that I read recently, but <clears throat> things that if I could remember it, it kind of meant it something. Stood out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was more of that. Um, you know, we just talked about emergency contact. I read that uh, about a year ago, and a lot of that was you know mommy daughter issues and dealing with your own baggage and your own bullshit and trying to. Just, I don't know, figure out how to have a relationship with somebody who is also flawed. Pretty dude. So, yeah. So, I don't have any particular scene in mind, but there was a lot of that. Like, the scene where um, Sam is telling Penny 
um, he really opens up the first time and starts telling her about like his mom bullshit. And she's like, wow, I'm really glad that you told me this, but yikes. But yeah, I don't know. That's that. That was a book for me. The whole, okay. the whole book, the all whole book, book, the, the whole entire book. thing, yeah. the whole book. I can see, I can see that though. Yeah. Um, oh, I turned the fan off and now it's hot. That's, I think Bob just meant turn it down. Well, I'm, no, I, I didn't mean turn it off. But I mean, it, you've just got to tough it out. You gotta, I am I am getting shvetty so that you don't have to hear ceiling fan. You've only got to tough it out for like 15 more minutes. Uh, okay. That's cute that I think you think that this is only going to last 15 minutes. We talked a lot about minimalizing. Yeah. All right. Okay, so keep going. I, in a similar vein, I want to pick a book that the whole book kind of had an emotional echo like that. Um, but this is it kind of supposed to kind of deal, but I'll reference a specific scene that I like in it, but all right. A monster calls by Patrick. Bob can't read his own hand. Patrick something, something with an N. I don't know. Look up a monster calls. I think they made it into a movie, uh, pretty recently. All right. So the premise of this book is kids. Mom is dying of cancer. And a monster starts showing up. A monster calls on him, mm-hmm. kind of deal. And uh, his life is shit. I mean, his mom's dying. He has to go stay with his grandmother, who's like very cold and emotionally distant. And uh, he's being bullied at school. His best, he's driven his only friend away. Like mm-hmm. he's friendless. He's bullied. It's just, it's a, his life is shit. And this monster shows up and tells him three stories. It's like, I'm going to tell you three stories, and then you have to tell me one in return. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the stories, like, if you want to read this book, here's a quick one-minute spoiler. Like, fast forward a minute This from, whole episode's going to be pretty spoilery. Yeah. Well, but still, like, if you want to read it, like, a minute from now, start listening again. The guy tells a story about the monster destroying a parsonage. And as he's telling the story, the kid gets to participate in destroying this parsonage kind mm. of deal, like in the in like this dream state kind of deal. Yeah. When he comes to, he has destroyed his grandmother's sitting room, which is her like most private, precious things, got all her precious everything, and he has absolutely destroyed it. And when he comes to, I was just like, oh no, oh. no, oh. fuck it. God, like the whole—I mean, the whole book is designed to be. Oh no! A feels trip. A feels trip, basically. I mean, yeah. the whole point of the book is this kid coming to terms with his mom is dying of cancer. Right. You know, like that's the point of the book. And uh, God, it was, it was, it was fucky. But that moment with the grandmother's sitting room, like I was just like, my stomach just dropped. Just like, oh no. Mm. So yeah. That's my. Mm. That's one of mine. Uh, one of one of my. Go ahead and do two. Okay. Well, so here's that that makes sense. I'll do these two that go together. So I think I've already mentioned this, and Bob's already referenced it in this episode. the The book series that has had the most emotional resonance with me over my entire time reading books has been um, the. Realms of the Elderling books by Is it Robin Hobb. Elderlings Hom. or Ederlings? Elderlings. Elderlings. Okay. Yeah. Um, which f- I don't like the ones that don't follow Fitz Chivalry Farseer as much. 
so most of my love for them do come from those specific books, and I haven't finished all of them. I still have the last trilogy to finish. But by the, author who? Robin, Robin Hobb. Okay. Um, she's arguably amazing. the most underrated major author. Which, I when you say that online, people best. are then like, "But she's amazing." You're like, "Yeah, that's what I'm saying." You know, she's amazing. And she's still underrated she, because she's that. She's good. the under most underrated big name in yeah. fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I think she's a big name in fantasy, but I think she's underrated as a, I think, as one of the big. I think names. that even as big as she is, that's my point. Is I don't think we fully appreciate just how good she is. Yeah. Well, maybe it I crops do, up but... every so often on like the fantasy subreddit, like who who's the best at prose, and you know, of course, oh. Rothus comes up a lot. And Guy Gabriel K. Like those are typically the two that lead, but Robin Hobb is always fucking mentioned, like always in, I the, in the running. So honestly, hadn't have not ever paid super close attention to her prose because I get so lost in the character. And here's so here's here's why these affect me the most. The very first book in the first series starts with the main character, like the is his earliest memory. So you grow up with him the entire, and it's a first person's perspective. Mm -hmm. So you start with him as a child and live throughout his entire life with him over the course of these books. Mm -hmm. Like starting off with him being like, I don't know, three or something like that all the way up until I have, I don't know, but he's in his forties or fifties where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And so that you build with him over a course of a lot of books you see Nine, everything at least because two at least, two of the trilogies there's there's five trilogies but two of them don't focus don't on focus him, right? on him yeah. and then three of them I think do I know that I've read two of the trilogies that focus on him the last one does fully yeah and then I've started that one but I put it aside because it was getting a little much for me um, but so the thing is you've spent so much time with him and it's from first person perspective and the whole story is about as tragic as you can get. Like he is the bastard son of a person who was supposed to be King. He lives his entire life constantly being shit on. Sh- yeah. I mean, basically I read, he, I read the first trilogy. Doesn't go good for him. No, but he, but that's what I like the most about it is the fact that early in his life, he has made decisions and despite the fact that those decisions come with a lot of pain and a lot of hardship, he sticks to what he said he was going to do and lives his life the way he promised to do it. Mm-hmm. It causes him pain. It makes things go sideways. But he always honors the agreements that he made. And it's, to me, very tragic, but also very inspiring to see someone do what they said they were going to do. But it's also heartbreaking because of it, because of the things that he has to lose to make up, to, to honor the the promises that he made before he really could understand what promises he was making. It's a, it's a really interesting idea or not even an interesting idea. Just it's it's done real well. It's done extremely well. Hmm. And because Hoppe's master. Yeah. She, I've never, I've never cared for a character more than I care for that character. And the saddest two of the saddest moments I've ever experienced in books were placed with him. Number one is obviously we've mentioned that there's going to be spoilers. So yeah, here's, it's here just, comes spoilers. Spoiler heavy. Yeah. yeah. It's the death of night eyes. 
Night Eyes, and that's particularly... So I mentioned that you spend this whole time um, growing up and living throughout Fitz's life with him. Mm-hmm. You also do the same thing with Night Eyes. He's a, he's a wolf cub when you first meet him. Okay. Like, he is super young, and he bonds with Fitz. Fitz has the ability to speak with animals, and he bonds to this wolf. I really thought you were going to say the moment when... Uh, what's his... The Hound Master's name. Is that the second one? Okay. That's not the second one, but that's... Oh. A, that's a, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, but... But... Uh, so Night Eyes... Um, when he passes, it's devastating. Because... For a lot of different reasons. One, you've spent your entire life with him. Also, he's been... Because of the way... Fitz has to live his life and the person he is and the role he has, he is almost eternally alone. Yeah. Because every time he gets close to someone, something happens and he he can't have those relationships for one reason or another. This is also a relationship he cannot have without sacrificing another relationship that's incredibly important to him, but he pays that price and makes the decision to stay with Night Eyes. So Night Eyes also sacrifices parts of his life. He could go off, have his own pack, be his own wolf, but he doesn't. He's a pack with his man. Yeah. He stays with Fitz. They live together. And you know from the very beginning that when you see them get to, like, wolves do not live as long as humans. Right. So you know this whole time that you're eventually going to get to this point. Yeah. And as the show, or as the books continue... It becomes more and more obvious because you see him aging and you see him not able to get around as well. And eventually he starts referencing, like, I'm not always going to be here for you, little cub. Like, I'm not going to be here to help you. Yeah. So it's and then and then the worst part is once it gets to that point, there's a couple of false starts where you're like, it could be right here, but he gets past it. It could be right here, but he manages to get past it. So when it finally happens, it's it's gutting. Like I was at work weeping. And it was so bad. And what made it even worse was that Fitz does not have anybody in his life for the most part. Especially at this point in this in the story. He's lost his his love. He's lost the relationship he had with his father. He's lost who he is for the most part. And I won't go too deep into yeah. that. But he's lost his identity as a, as a person. He's built a new life for himself. And he's finally found a new person that could fill a part of it. Like he has found a woman... That is slowly opening up and they're kind of forming a bond and a relationship. And when he loses Night Eyes, it breaks him in such a way that when he meets her the next time, it comes out that he is witted. And she rejects him mm. because of it. So not only does he lose... Yeah. He loses essentially, everything. he loses everything. everything. Yeah. And it's okay. absolutely devastating. Yeah. And then at, at, at this point, he doesn't have anything else... To rely on, so he kind of, kind of steers back into his old life, which is not really what he wanted to do. Yeah. But it's it's necessity, and he doesn't have anything else, so that's what he does. Anyways, okay. it's it's god, it's ugh. yeah. But uh, another one is also with him. Now this, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna go into super specifics as to how it happens. The death of the fool. Okay. The Fool dies. So in this book, there's a character named The Fool who, over the course of these books, becomes incre- is incredibly intertwined with Fitz. 
Like they are incredibly important to each other and they become, they're basically each other's only and best friends for the exception of Fitz has night eyes. Right. But other than night eyes, the person closest to him is the fool to the point where over the course of the books, the wolf kind of accepts him as part of their pack to where like they're okay. free one person almost. And what's so sad about this whole thing is the, the fool is a prophet that knows the course of history and he knows that he's trying to steer it in a way that will make the world a better place. But he also knows what that's going to cost. And he knows that repeatedly it's going to cost him putting fits in situations that he could die or yeah. be absolutely just destroyed, maimed, just crippled. And he has to do it because that's what it takes to, to put the, the entire world on course for not going into darkness. But Fitz is his favorite person alive. Like they are incredibly close to the point where the fool is in love with him. Like in every way, shape or form, I, they never come out directly and say he's gay. Yeah. But like, if he's not gay, he's bought like he, he loves him in every, he specifically yeah. says, I love you in every way. And it's, what makes the death of the fool even worse, he sees it coming. He knows that that's the end game for him. And to get to where he wants the world to get, he has to die to do it. Yeah. And he knows that and he does it willingly. But what makes it worse is that Fitz has to let it happen. Yeah. And it's sad. so bad. And the fact, and it's, it's so sad just their relationship too, because Fitz loves him as much as he can possibly love a person without going over into that physical love part. Yeah. He just doesn't feel that way. So it makes it so heartbreaking that like that unrequited love always. Yeah. Tough. Especially since like Fitz knows about it. Yeah. Like it comes up and he's aware of it. And, and the fool's not trying to like force that on him or anything. He purposefully did not mention it because he didn't want to put that burden on him. But once it's out of the bag, it's always there. Right. And he doesn't, it's it's a whole thing, and then so right, when yeah. so when the fool actually dies, it's heart wrenching. <clears throat> it's it's yeah. it's worse than night. Yeah, Island. okay, you sold me on reading this series. Definitely, yeah, I'm I'm real in. Well, you know, it's you. <laughs> no, I am actually. My plan is to read. I'm going to read all fifteen Rome of the books, but really I'm going to wait till I own all fifteen. Yeah, I can't. Every time one goes on sale, I buy it. And I'm, I, I have a bunch of Robin Hobb books, but I think yeah. you looked at my Kindle yeah. list and you were like, wow, you have the first book and like three of the trilogies. Yeah. But she's got like Assassin's Apprentice, the first Rain Wilds book, and the first Live Ship Traders book, I think. Like anytime something comes up, like, oh, I know that name of that author, yeah. I buy that. Yeah, you should, though. <laughs> you should. She's. Yeah. So fine. anything so what's up, your, like, I buy what's that. Your, what's your next? Okay. So um, Cersei by Madeline Miller. Um, that won the Goodreads yeah. Book of the Year for 2018. Um, again, no specific scenes because I wasn't about to go reread the book that I had already read just to do this. But I do remember. Wow, uh, lack of dedication. I don't reread books. <laughs> I reread. I reread one book because I felt real bad. And you liked it better the second time. You did, didn't you? I didn't say I liked it. I said it was better. I think we could review. I, could rewind I, I feel like we can say that you liked it better because your your opinion of it improved. It did. You delved into rationality and you realized. Okay. Anyways, what, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so um, I do 
Yeah, we are talking about Dune. So I do remember, I distinctly remember sending you snaps while I was reading Cersei and we're like, I was unprepared. (laughs) I was unprepared for this because we, you follow a, you know, female protagonist. She's um, one of the Titans daughters and there's a whole lot of like daddy daughter thing and she's trying to impress him. I'm not, I don't have daddy issues, but I do love my dad intensely but we don't have what you would consider to be a traditionally close relationship like my dad's whole side of the family were more like slap hands and fist bumps and not like let's hug each other and talk about our feels so that's why i like going over there i fit in uh we're all robots but uh so there was there was a whole lot of that kind of similar with emergency contact there's this protagonist dealing with her mommy issues well cersei we've got the protagonist kind of dealing with her daddy issues wow as i say the things out loud lord i need to go to therapy more often than once a month (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. not touching that one i'm gonna touch that briefly tanya i was told i needed to go Every week. Well, my insurance has changed and uh, baby ain't got $50 a week for therapy. I can squeeze 50 bucks a month. But but no, so like Cersei, it was was good. I enjoyed it. I can't remember any specific scenes, but I do know there was a lot of like daddy-daughter dynamics. And I'm pretty sure there were, my face leaked a little bit. A couple, a tear, maybe two happened. So I, I know that that was a book that... I don't do research on my books. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to read this. And I kind of go in blind. I'm like, what in the fuck is this? That's why I end up with a lot of books like... That are garbage. Yeah. And you end up looking well, at Well, I'll say like, this. Oh. I, I've gotten to the point now where, like, I try... I do try and go in as blind as possible onto yeah. a book. It's fun. Um, especially, like, I just these, read like, the back. On these Kindle, well, well, I mean, even it's, like, it's a Kindle book. How can you read the back? Well, well no, because you can read the description on Amazon. No. Ain't nobody got time for that. You can do that. Like, nope. But I, I, I mean, you can't. Dollar ninety nine will buy that shit. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just read a book. Guilt is called a uh, Gilchrist. Yeah. By a guy. His last name is unpronounceable. Um, but it's kind of a limited book, and I just like it was like kind of. Like, I was like, I want to read a horror novel. I'm in a real horror mood right now. What's on Kindle Unlimited? What's highly ranked? This one. Okay, cool. Reading that, and yeah. I read it. Yeah, and, uh, I mean that's how I ended up with Glass yeah. Magician. But I didn't, books. I didn't read so. the. Like, yeah, back no, then. I don't, I don't read the. Synopsis oh, speaking of which, I've seen not one, not two, but three different lists that have recommended the yeah. Glass Magician books. Like I, the see, magic system is so cool. Seemingly, I you just, are the only person who doesn't like these books. I just don't like the romance arc. That's it's fine. not for that's me. Fine. I'm just saying. For people out there who've heard her shit on these books for many episodes, apparently she's the only one. They're okayly written. It's to the point now, I kind of want to read them. Do them. They're know? real quick. Yeah. I, may. I, I mean, the magic system's super rad. I love the magic yeah, system. I may, it, I, but I may have to read Charlie this. in Holmberg. But yeah, so Cersei, okay. um, I just kind of went in blind and was, yeah. oof, ow, ow. Where, 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 do, where do the feels get go? Mm, okay. No. So well, I enjoyed that. All right. So mine, this is kind of weird. I don't remember the name of the book at all. Um, oh, great. I'm 98% sure that Morgan Llewellyn wrote the book. For those who don't know, Morgan Llewellyn, she writes uh, historical fiction based on Ireland, like Irish history. I can get deal. that from the Llewellyn. Yeah, I get and, that. And uh, her name is probably like Jane Smith. Or something like that. But she's more she published under Morgan Llewellyn. Maybe she is really Morgan Llewellyn. I don't know. But she wrote a book on Cullen and a famous Irish 
kind of folk figure, like, mm-hmm. intensely. Anyway, she wrote a book on him that I read when I was really, I remember reading it, I was really fucking young. And the final scene is basically, like, him dying and, like, this white doe showing up. And it's the... Oh, a deer. I was like, what about bread? I'm hungry. And you were talking about doe when I was thinking about this. feed her before She's every podcast? ruining everything. No, I was thinking about, like, this Pillsbury was, Doughboy. I was like, this oh, this is going first, real weird. This is the first time I can ever remember a book bringing me to tears oh and i and, made a joke about and it. i was so like i was just like so like i was like oh my god books can make you cry and it doesn't involve a dog that's not a thing <laughs> what oh. so well, yeah it's a shame that you can't remember the name of the book yeah or really 100 percent the author yeah i'm pretty sure it's morgan llewellyn if it's not morgan llewellyn it's going to be someone who's like morgan llewellyn who Ooh. writes uh historical fiction based on irish mythology i have a book similar it's like a book that really impacted you as a kid, but you can't really remember anything other than the emotional echo of yeah. it. I remember where I was when I read it. Like I remember sitting in like my third or fourth grade drama class and I remember reading it's about this unicorn and it's like the it's not the last unicorn. That's not that book. Fucking drama queen. So Ew. so I like this unicorn and this girl and they're in the woods and the unicorns like trying to protect her. And he like stabs people with her, his horn to help save her. This is what she gets emotional echo from. Just unicorn wait. stabbing people. No, it I'm was waiting. a unicorn no. hobo stabs people. No, no, no. And like he, she had to like chop his horn off or something to save her. And so he sacrificed, he's like one of the last unicorns and like yeah. sacrifices himself to save her. And I was a huge Y'all, huge unicorn fucking freak. Huge freak. Now you're just a freak. You said were. As though that's past. I think she may Every not time love you see unicorn. You weren't there stuff, in Walmart when I got so excited about like men's jammies that had like unicorns and narwhals with cats and puppies on them. It was so great. It, it had <sighs> a it had a cat on a unicorn and a pug on a narwhal. I love I love all like four funny. of those things. That sounds pretty great. Yeah, it was, actually. and they're they like were pastels and rainbows are so great. Anyway, but anyway, yeah, I, I can kind of relate. It's like I don't know who the book. I don't know what the book yeah. is. I don't know that's who fun. it was by, but. leaving footprints okay so uh this will be the last entries that i have for sadness there's a lot of different types of sadness that i have that i that i enjoy um the those two the the ones i've mentioned previously i notice your hair has suddenly crossed over one eye (laughs) don't play a g chord like no i think it's super i think it's super good like when it's a lot like when they make you invested in a character and then things like that happen that's one type but then there's another type that aren't even so like you don't even have a super connection to like you like a character but you're not super invested in them right. but then something is said that's just so poignant that you're just like oh, ow. oh ow. And, and it just comes out of nowhere i think part of the impact is the fact that you don't see it coming before it happens and then you're like oh fuck savage so and and two of those and I don't really have anything to say about them other than the fact that they exist. Was uh, when Ganelon was walking through the the oh, and he's like, and, oh, and I didn't was even... talking about like I understand why all the people abandoned me. Like Clay this person had, yeah, this yeah. person had to go do this. This person had to go do this. I understand, but, but you we, abandoned but me. But you abandoned me, Clay, and you're the best of us. So I really must be a fucking the, monster. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, was. That and was, I was just like. Yeah. 
That was the sad. fuck is yeah. this? That, yeah, that that hit me in the feels too. Yeah, that hit yeah. me real hard. If, if I if I yeah, that should have been underlined on Kindle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then probably was. And then was. Uh, since you're gonna read it soon, I'm not gonna go into any specifics. But mm-hmm. when he, I'll forget the spoilers. Hilo. Jade City. Yeah. When Hilo basically says something along the lines of like, when he comes to the realization, he's like, it says the line is something along the lines of, and that's when Hilo remembered that his family simply did not love him the way he loved them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, like, and that was like the end yeah. of the chapter, and I was just like, oh! Yeah. And like the whole, what was, what's the nephew's name? Andon. Andon. Like the whole end, like towards the end, oh, God, Andon. There's, yeah. there's a lot of feels there. It's, yeah. I, I, yeah. real brief, like that, God, that book, man, we'll that, talk about it off that, air. That book, I'm listening that, to it on the way home, uh, and I figured out why I like it so much. Okay, that book. But, um, it, we're gonna do a deep dive on it. We're gonna I'm excited. A, at least yeah. an hour on on this. And, yeah, but and that like that was months. just the sadness. I, I want to move. It. Does anybody else have any more sad stuff? I mean, that's uh, the only yes. thing. Okay. I have, all, right, I have two. all of mine are sad. Oh, really? Oh, well, Cause, no. Because right. my moments are either gonna be sad where they kind of make me tear, or but all, most of my other moments are like. What? That's cool. That's, that's I want to those too. But that, right. but I, I, have, don't, I, I have, don't remember the outside of the moment. I have three kind of brief, yeah. I want to touch on sadness mm-hmm. things. All right. First off, of Mice and Men, how that ends. Oh. Can we just first off. I haven't read it, so I don't. Let's just, I'm just going to give a general fuck you to Steinbeck. Like Steinbeck can suck a bag of baby dicks. I mean, that it's sad, but it's also. No. There it's is just... so, no. They, I can think of so many ways that book could have ended happily. And it ends so fucking Is it soul crushing? Yes. Yeah, God. it's like this. That, but did you ever read The Red Pony? That's another no. fucking Steinbeck book that ends read, um, like um, fuck ooh, Crips the, um, No, P.S. Oh, God. The I, other like, one. no, look. It, like, My Men ends like bullshit. Fuck Steinbeck. Catch Red Me in the Rye is the one I read. That's not Steinbeck. That's Salinger. Uh, Salinger, yeah. You're right. Um, I have a very mixed feels on Catching the Rye. That could be one that we do later in the year. Uh, I've never read it. Maybe. I don't know. We uh, can, there's a lot to dive I, in. I hear a anyway, lot of people say that. Well, that was okay. one of my dad's favorite books. Anyway. I'm gonna, it's I'm also gonna, a favorite book of a lot of the people who shoot up schools. Well, you know, that's... I, well, uh, well, that's what anyway. All right. So I'm going to just touch on this it. again. Because I, anytime I get a chance to recommend this, I'm going to recommend this. We Three. I know I said I was going to talk about animals dying or whatnot. But We Three is a three-issue comic that's about three animals that get, like, cybernetically altered for, like, the military, and they escape. And the military hunts them down kind of deal. Mm. And it, God, man, this is the only comic that's ever, like, brought me to tears. Like, it doesn't end, like, I know I say that, you think, oh, my God, they all die. Stop. That's not where, that's not, that's not what I'm saying here. Um... But, God, the feels on that one. Uh, last, so, as a writer, you know, you always want to be able to write that scene that just, like, brings someone to tears. Yeah. I wrote a scene that I was sobbing as I wrote it. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my <laughs> Really? And what? Here's the thing. Oh, God. So, I wrote the scene. Yeah. Started writing the rest of the book. And it doesn't go with it anymore? And I realized it was the second... But it was uh, Blightborn. I got like halfway through, realized Blightborn doesn't work the way it is. Right. Had to go back. Which and scene re- was it? The opening scene of the book. Uh, uh, 
And like I, I realized that that scene no longer Fits. works. Did you at least keep book. it for a maybe later? Yeah. Okay, good. Well, no, I mean, I kept it. There's no for maybe later. Yeah. Like, it's a very specific scene. Oh, but I was fair. like, oh, damn. The one the one scene I wrote that was like, hit me in the feels. Like, oh, I recognize it. Like, it would probably hit me in the feels more than some people. Especially if that was the beginning of the book. Yeah, but it was like, oh, damn. It's like, that's a. Yeah. It's basically like a. a a dad knows he's dying, so he goes out and has like one last day with his kid. Oh, right. Ideal. right it's like, yeah. it's, oh. <laughs> all right, because when you rewrote it, didn't yeah. you like? Yeah, I, I rewrote a yeah. lot of that. So yeah, it, it no longer worked. It's like, oh damn, probably the best thing I've ever written, and uh, it, it no longer works in the book. Oh no, did you take out the joke that I gave you? Oh, I'm sad. I think no, I think the joke stayed. Oh, okay, cool. Because I like that joke. Is that all? Uh, yeah, that's what I said. I only have one more, and it's fear-based. For the sake of just having different voices, I'm going to just intersperse mine with yours. Okay. Because, I mean, I have nothing else but sadness. Well, no, I, when I mentioned some of these other things, I think you might think of, remember something okay. that would well, be relevant. You, uh, Bob, you just mentioned comics. I thought Little Depressed Boy Yeah, that's was... what I was going to say. Oh. Yeah, because I didn't well, know we were going to do comics. That didn't make me tear that. up, but yeah, there was so depress- much of it was like, Little it's Depressed so relatable. Boy. Little Depressed Boy does evoke a lot of emotion, but not to the degree that a lot of the stuff, but yeah. Little Depressed Boy is the realest comic. I've ever yeah, read. Yeah, there were so many scenes it's, in that. I was like, oh, fuck. Right. Emergency Contact was arguably probably the realest book I've ever, like, the most, like, wow, this is feels so fucking real. Mm-hmm. Um, other, like, if you ignore the whole premise of she just happens to walk up on the guy she's met one time having a panic attack yeah, stroke. You know what? I'm, I'm with if it. You, if you gl- it happens. If, if yeah. you gloss past that's there a little are, long. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it could have. It could. It could happen. It was like the hermit girl leaves her house one time, and it just so happens to be the time he has his first ever panic attack. All right, ignoring anyway. ignoring that. Yes. Um, uh, Little Press Boys, the probably the realest thing I've ever read. Mm. Like yeah. it, it feels yeah, it, so fucking real. Yeah. Little Press Boys, man. Which remember this conversation when we start talking about Ready Player One. God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very mixed Anyways, emotions on that book. We'll we'll talk about yeah yeah um, we're gonna dive on it. But uh, so I another one of one of the emotions I wanted to talk about was surprise, and I don't necessarily mean just like plot twist. Yeah. But just moments where you were just like, well, I'll I'll exp- I'll first of all I'm, enlighten me. Yeah, first of all, there are a lot of different types of surprise that you can experience while reading a book. Yes. One of them is the plot twist. Yeah. One of them, for example. One of the my favorite moments in a book ever was the ve- might have been the epilogue or the very end of the chapter. I can't remember what at the end of the book Shogun, uh, Shogun, by James Clavel or Clavel. Yeah. I don't know how to say his name. Clavel. Clavel. I think. Um, it's, You're relying on Bob for pronunciation. I know, and you I realized that as soon. Fucked up. Yeah, later on. yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to spoil what it is. Be, I mean, I doubt. Either of you will read no, it, I, it's, but it's, it's, a, it's on a my like lifelong bucket real list. Real good fucking yeah. book. I, Anyways, I started to read Whirlwind by Clavel. Yeah, but I haven't. And then, uh, but but that's one thing. The most prominent surprise that I remember in recent memory when I was when it comes to reading books was in Words of Radiance, the second um, Stormlight Archive by Brandon, Brandon Sanderson. Sanderson. Mm-hmm. So at the I. I read the first book when it came out. 
And then when the second book came out, I read the second book. Correct. That's, I had read. I had, as you do. Well, no. Well, some. I read the se- I've read the first book twice in the course waiting for the for the second book to come out. But I hadn't normally. Which is I would real rare for Sanderson if we're being real. Because <laughs> you normally don't have time to read the yeah reread a book before the next one comes out. Yeah. But it, it is his epic fantasy. So. And it was there was a break between it. I think because that might have been when he was finishing Wheel of Time. I'm not sure. But anyway, I think that's when he went and did Mistborn too. That might have been what it is. Anyways, but I, uh, I had forgotten that at the end of the first book and like the epilogue or something doesn't have anything to do with the main story. So it's not a spoiler or anything, but there's a character in that book called the assassin in white. At the end of that book, he was sent to kill somebody. I completely forgot this. So when I start reading the second book, I'm just reading and like, oh man, I'm so glad to see these characters that I like again. All these characters, it's reading and reading, and then all of a sudden, there's the assassin in white. And I'm like, oh fuck! I completely, like, because at the end of the book when he got sent, I was super fucking hyped. I was like, oh man, it's going to be an awesome fucking fight. I'm so excited for this. Completely forgot about it. (laughs) Over the course of waiting for the next book to come out. And then the next book came out and I'm just reading. I'm so happy to see these characters again. Dun, dun, dun. And then, and it's literally a dun, dun, dun. Like they're just walking, talking down the hall and they just kind of like turn and they're like, and there was a person standing in the middle of the hall in white. I was like, oh, fuck. I did not remember this. Run, bitch, run. Yeah. Run, run. run." (laughs) And then it went, like, it was one of those things where I was listening to it at work. Bob had walked in and was like kind of half talking to me. And I was like, give me a second. I'm trying to get to the end of a chapter. And he was standing there, and they said that. And I just went, oh, fuck. And Bob was like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. Oh, I was like, you got to come back. Just keep going. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> and Bob was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't, uh. But yeah, surprises in books. Yeah. Real good. Yeah. So, so here's my last one that I have, like, set in stone. All right. Terror. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and this is real recent, as in, like, two days ago. Uh, I've read a few things over the years that, like, scared me kind of deal. Like, it had some moments that just kind of freaked me out, yada, yada, yada. But, all right, so I'm listening to an audiobook of a collection of Cthulian stories edited by Ellen Datlow, which, pro tip, if you see any anthology of short stories edited by Ellen Datlow, jump on it. They're fucking solid. Um, this is like the fifth one of hers I've read and they're all fucking great, but it's called Lovecraft monsters. And she did this, like the whole point of the anthology is like, you know, we, some of these things are so fucking common, like Lovecraftian things are so common. Like some things are played. She went to find stories that kind of broke outside the norm a bit. So she did this one called the goat nurse. All right. And it's very like. I can't remember exactly. I want to say it's like Sri Lankan. It has like a like a Asian feel, but more like India, like kind of like casual like feel to it. There's a scene where this girl has she has become the babysitter for these kids, and she's in this house, and she goes upstairs, and the light bulb is blown, mm. and she goes down. She's trying to she's trying to put something away. She like puts it away and she turns and it talks about how like it's utterly black and she hears clip clop. Oh God. Of hooves in the upstairs hallway. Mm. Mm. And like just hears like clip clop, Mm. clip clop. And I'm sitting in my car like 
oh fuck <laughs> no fuck everything about this and i don't want to ruin anything but it was fucking <coughs> creepy like i was sitting there like oh i'm freaking out oh fuck <laughs> i'm freaking out so yeah that hmm. that's the last thing i've got um continuing with my theme of protagonists with parent issues because that that me i guess um are, you gonna, are we going to do like a spinoff of Tanya's therapy slash book spirits booze? It's called the Help Tanya edition. The Help Tanya hey man. edition. Talk therapy. Books, beards, and therapy. Yeah. Books, beards, and cognitive behavioral therapy. Ew. Um, so, Bloody Rose by Nicholas Eames. Um, the scene where Rose is eulogizing Gabe. Because the, the oh, whole time spoilers. she's like trying to. Yes, this whole episode is real heavy with spoilers. But. Um, you know, she spends the whole novel, like trying yeah. to live up to her dad and she's like, Oh, well he didn't love me. And just coming to the terms with like, wow, he loved me in the best way that he could. And I guess he loved me after all. I, I, I teared a bit. Yeah. Hmm. It was real. Okay. Again, more daddy daughter stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I actually, well, that wasn't the point. Unpack there. There wasn't, that point <laughs> didn't really upset yeah. me as much. What upset me was Clay's reaction to it. Cause he, cause Clay is my, f- yeah. Clay is one of my favorite characters in recent memory. Like, he's amazing. He's a he's a That's why I'm Clay. You're not he Clay, okay, I guess. I'm, but uh, I'm yeah. Clay. So, I've got two More other like things Play-Doh. to to mention about. There's okay. a couple of there's a couple of scenes oh, in it. But if job. you guys don't have anything, I'll just talk. Yeah, I have two done. more. Oh, you got two more. Good. Okay. Yeah. Then I'll do one, and then yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. <clears throat> but mine so, are quick. I've got a couple of what I want to talk about was just really satisfying moments. There's no, there's no real okay emotion to it other than the Fulfilling. fact that yeah, it was just, it was just strangely satisfying. Maybe yeah, like okay. you were just I'm like, oh okay. I didn't even think about that for like yeah. You'll as soon as I yeah. say it, you'll 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 realize okay. it because this is one of the universally accepted favorite scenes by the Wheel of Time fandom is when Perrin goes into the blacksmith shop in the third book. And just works in the blacksmith shop. Everyone loves that scene. I don't know why, but I love it's it. Satisfying. It's so fucking sad. It, I think it has something to do with the fact that all he ever wanted in life was just to be a blacksmith, and it just got taken from him because he because of his fate. Right. And then over and you ne- you know he's a blacksmith. You hear it mentioned, but you've never actually seen him do is what he's good at. And then you finally get to, he's finally just traveling through the world and he's completely off out of his element. And then you throw him into this situation where he doesn't know what's going on. He's in a tight spot. He's trying to find a friend of his and he, he finds comfort in the thing that he does best. And it just follows him doing that thing. It's out of his element, Donnie. Very nice. So I, I love that. That was super satisfying. Also when Perrin goes home to two river, to the two rivers for the first time. Yeah. Incredibly satisfying to me it in a was. completely different way. Yeah, no, it was. But just oh, it was so good. But the most, probably the most satisfying, and again, it comes back to Robin Hobb because I love the character Fitz Chivalry so much. In one of the books, he comes to a certain situation. Part of his character is the fact that he is the bastard son of the guy that was supposed to be king, and all. The vast majority of the problems that come at him is because people think he wants the throne. Yeah. But he doesn't and never has and has no interest in it whatsoever and has pointedly refused it on many occasions. 
at the end of a book, he's seeing the lay of the land, and he realizes that his nephew, is his nephew? Or his cousin? A relation. A relation of his is too young to take over the throne. So it's being held by his mother and an advisor. The advisor is getting too comfortable with how much power he has. Mm. Mm. And he's not a bad person, but you see him fighting. Heading in that direction. He, well, it's not even, he doesn't even need mean to be doing it. He's just trying to do the right thing, or what he thinks is the right thing to hold over the power. But it involves him taking power away from the queen and the prince, by, by extension. And he's seeing it happen, and finally, finally Fitz is like, no. And the guy's like, what? And he's like, this is not happening. I am not allowing it. This ends. And he's like, basically, it, basically he takes the shadow throne. Like, gotcha. he becomes king in all things. Basically, he puts his foot down and is like, I'm of the Farseer line. I'm the eldest. I am, the, I am in charge now. I run this. You will not usurp me or my opinions anymore. I will hold the throne until he is old enough to take it from me. Your opinion, you are an advisor, nothing more. It ain't none. Yeah, which was amazing because the scene he's having it with is his his the is Fitzgerald's like mentor. So he doesn't have any ill will towards him. He's just like you're getting you're getting ideas and this is, is going it, his uncle. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's like, you can't do that. And then he finally says, like, he's like, I'm in charge. This ends now. And his this uncle, is my house. And his uncle is just like, so finally. the cable and cut the lights out. Finally. Let him know his grandchild is a baby, not a paycheck. Anyways. Private medical school. bills. Di- daycare bills. Medical bills. I'll pay that. Anyways. So he basically. Where he puts they go? What are you talking about? They broke about? up. Outcast, they broke Outcast. up. Yeah, they broke up. God, man. I, I need... They had creative differences. Andre 3000 need... went on to do other things, it, and Big Boy it, went on to do other things. Get out. Well, they had that um, Speaker Box and Love Below album that was basically each one did an individual album. I know. They put it together. Ooh, we digress real hard. <laughs> Go ahead, Anywho. Derek. I'm done. Okay. Well, you had a lot of emotions. Well, there was more to say, but well, what's ahead. your next one? Go ahead. No, it's fine. I'm sorry. Dune. That scene, that the oh, scene, scene in Dune, yeah. um, the one scene that's emotional. <laughs> I thought it was a good, real good scene. Though. It was where Paul mm. is talking to Gurney, who currently mm. has Jessica under knife point, and just trying to describe about like you, you haven't seen my mom crying for my dad. You know, you haven't. I, I got to see them share a love that I will never be able to touch, and that just that that's kind of the line that got me it's like wow you know that's what you kind of hope to see out of your parents is like oh they've got something really great and maybe one day i can have that thing. i can have that thing but paul knows he cannot have that thing because he is he's cards. a robot beep beep boop and hmm. so but yeah it got me when i read it the first time and that was the only scene that i thought was worth a shit the first time but Savage. then when i listened to it on audiobook I've, there was a lot of other parts of the book that were better the second go round but but that one's just real good actually like listening to it on audiobook like drew a tear it was real emotional you leaked i leaked you leaked a little my bit. gears leaked <laughs> a, little, a little bit of oil ran down your face yeah. it's, it's a real good scene yeah. but uh so the last thing that i have is the most conflicted you've ever felt about uh, something in the book there now this is so in the in the farseer books or the elderling 
uh, Edeling series. So series, uh, the death of Bert, Birch, Burke. I don't know how to say his name. Oh, don't look to Burke. me. Okay. Um. So. Well, I'm the expert on pronunciation. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, um, and I'm. As soon as I close the book, I forget all I've the people's names. Never been so conflicted in my life with than when I was reading this because he was. Farseer's dad, for effectively, all purposes. but then also like did some heinous shit, like killing the puppies or killing the the dog. He didn't kill the dog, didn't he? I thought he killed the dog. He, you think that he killed the dog until the end of the first book, and you find out, oh right, he didn't kill the dog. He, that's one, so cut pan. That's one of the scenes that makes you think that it's drives a wedge between them. But he didn't kill the dog. He just took the dog away from him and sent him up to the prince in the north. That's right. And that's how Fitz... Well, we won't go into that. Yeah, that's right. Anyways. He actually... But there is another thing that has driven a wedge between them that is bad, but also not really because of the circumstances. It's like bad, but for the... bad thing, but for the long-term good kind of deal. It's not even... No, not even that. It's just... It's bad because... You know things that he doesn't know. So, like, you oh, know gotcha. that the main character's still alive, for example. Gotcha. He does not know that. And it puts everything in a different perspective for you than it does for him. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So, cut pan to when he eventually dies in the series. And you're like... And he's one of my favorite characters in that series. I think he's... A, one of the most satisfying things that I've ever seen that I forgot to mention was when Fitz is beaten... And uh, he takes him into his room and, like, takes care of him. And he's super quiet, which is really weird for Birch. Yeah. Or Burke. And he, he's like, what exactly happened? I need you to tell me exactly what happened. And he's like, so you didn't do anything to make this person want to beat you? He's like, no, I didn't do anything other than fail. He's like, okay, I'll be right back. And then he comes back in whistling, covered in mud and blood. And you're like, whooped wait, it's exactly what he did. It never shows it, but when you yeah. hear them talk about it, it's she like, know oh, it it's one of, oh no, they, yeah. he straights up. He's like, oh, he beat this dude until he was yeah. practically dead. That's what you're supposed to do. In front of everyone. And this mm-hmm. is, and this drag is, him. and this is like a very high member of court. <laughs> he just drug him out into the courtyard and beat him to within an inch of his life. Love it. Awesome scene. But yeah. anyways, so he's one of my favorite characters. He's really good. He's a good dude. He did his best he could by everybody involved over the course of these books. And then you, he's dying and it's sad, but also exciting because if he, if he's removed from the board, it makes a lot of room for a lot of really fucking interesting storyline stuff Yeah, that I did not know I was going to get to see and I wasn't sure... I don't know which way so it would you go. You didn't want him to die, but his death let you see a bunch of stuff you didn't expect to see. Yeah. Okay. So it was see. super. It was super yeah. weird because I was like, I'm I don't... happy about this, but also not. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't want him to die, but if he dies, I get to see all this other really cool shit, and it could be really good for the main character. And the main yeah. character is even thinking he's like, I don't want this guy to die. He means a lot to me. But, but if he passes. And then he feels guilty for thinking yeah. it, and then it's just like it's but a whole thing. But you gotta crack some eggs to make omelets. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a whole thing. That was that yeah. was yeah, real good, real conflicted emotions on that. Yeah. One, but. My only, I'm not gonna go into detail because I want everyone to read this series and not spoil anything. I'm just gonna say, the lady from the Black Company series, mm. a lot of confliction there, a lot mm. of good stuff. Like, the oh, book's on my TBR. I'm glad this it. happened. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe we should read that this year. I wouldn't mind rereading it. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, all right. Well, we went uh, real long. Real long. Hour and a half. No, it's like right at an hour. Okay. Um, so, but uh, yeah. So I think we've said pretty much all that needs to be said. About I have one this. more, but I'll skip oh, it. What do you got? Be quick. Mm, you're you're not that long. Go just ahead. Be no. quick. Just be quick. Um, it's not a fiction book. It's just okay. a book that I like had, not a, fiction had a big impact. Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. Um, I got it on audiobook and sobbed the whole time. Oh, really? What's it? Sobbed. What kind of book? I mean, I can, I can like guess by the name of it. Or? Essentially, like, um, recognizing that your helping behaviors isn't actually, you're not actually helping, you're crippling the person that you're trying to help. So yeah. working out, again, okay. all of my books are therapy related, but... Hmm. Hey. Okay. No, yeah. Those but, are, that, but yeah, no, yeah. that book is um, cornerstone for who like, you are today. Codependent therapy, fixing yourself. Okay. And I had to get it on audiobook and sobbed <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> That's oh. not not just little tears, like snotty face. Like sobbed. You were, you were a real person She's for been, a period of time. She was real snotty bad. face all day. It's true. Been coughing up slugs. Ugh. That's what they look so like good. when they come uh, out. Let's... All right. Oh, just... look at that. It's time Whoa, to end look, this episode. Oh, look, yeah. it's time to end the podcast. So, look, as uh, we ran a little long, sorry about that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. would be like that sometimes. Uh, it'd be like that sometimes. We, we try and keep it to 30 minutes, but sometimes it's just too good of a topic. Hey, all these feels are real heavy. Maybe yeah. you want to break it up into two, listener. Yeah. Maybe you want to pause about halfway through. Collect if you're your hearing heels. this now, obviously you didn't. So, fuck you. But. Um, all right. Let's as called for before the naders get as, here. Yeah, it is storming. So we're, we're gonna go. We're watch, under a severe we're about, watch. We're about to go watch right some. Uh, I think some brown cow beep boop. Um, brown cow beep. Oh, cowboy bean bowl. Yeah, cow. cow <laughs> I'm gonna throw cowboy bean just bowl. in the fucking episode. You know, in you know, Lindsay, the episode, right. like little Sherpa sends me memes all the time. She's like, I just want to give you fodder to make Derek angry. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, cowboy bean bowl. She it's does. My Every so often, she'll send me a snap. It's like something. Like, oh, she's too good to snap me. Yeah, is. Are y'all on snap together? Yeah, I've cowboy. sent her some stuff. She never sends me anything. Unless uh, well, you need to just uh, harass need, her about brown yeah, cow. Yeah, you need to. Just tell. Look, just tell her. I really want to watch look, Community. Just well, you snap, don't send just, me anything either, but well, she I sends don't. me stuff. Look, to be real, like I snap her. You better. That snap streak is impressive. It is. It's like over a year now. Hold on, let me let me whip this up that way I can get everybody. I snap, it's like I snap her and I snap. <gasps> Damn, dude, three ninety three. Damn, savage. All right. Oh. As, as you approach the week, I hope that we have filled you with vim and vigor. And I hope you will go read some of these books. And uh, as always, may the blessing of the beard be upon you. Yes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Books, Beards, Booze. Our co-hosts are Bob, Derek, and Tanya. Our producer is Bob. For more information, visit our website, booksbeardsbooze.com. Follow our social media at Tales by Bob. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and share. Okay, bye.